Welcome to our gathering tonight. Here we share stories of ordinary people who have experienced extraordinary things. Sit back, relax, and warm yourself by Jim Harold's Campfire. Welcome to the campfire. I am Jim Harold, and so glad to be with you once again. And my, my, we're all finding ourselves in a very strange situation indeed. And I hope for you and your family and your loved ones and your friends that you're all doing well and weathering this storm. I know that for my family, it's like everybody else. It's just a very strange experience. My daughter came home from the UK on uh, what would have been Friday the 13th. (laughs) And uh, we're staying home for the next couple of weeks, just to be careful. But everybody is doing well to date. And I hope the same for you, that you're all doing very well. And on these shows, we talk about a lot of speculation. And I think sometimes speculation is cool. But when it comes to the facts of COVID-19, I think it's best not to speculate and listen to the opinions of experts. So as a little public service announcement... If you have questions about coronavirus, go to the experts, cdc.gov slash COVID-19. That's cdc.gov slash COVID-19. We want to make sure we get the right facts out there and flatten the curve. I did want to put one more note out there. If you were planning on coming to our Nashville event in March, well, like everything else, it has been postponed and it will be on August 12th, uh, assuming everything works out with all of this. And your tickets, if you purchase tickets to that March uh, event in Nashville at Zany's, will be good for the August 12th event. So just wanted to make sure that uh, you knew that. And if you have questions, go to jimherald.com slash live and there's a place there you can click to ask me any questions but otherwise we'll see you august 12th and uh, hopefully all of this will be all cleared up by that time now our duty here there's not much we can do (laughs) but the one thing that we can do is provide you great stories maybe to give you a little bit of entertainment a little bit of diversion during this time and certainly if you have friends or maybe looking for something to listen to we'd appreciate you telling them about this show but uh really what i'm concerned about is just giving you something else to think about for an hour so let's do that and here's some great campfire stories kim is on the line from florida and she has a story that goes back to 1991 and we'll let her take it from there and uh, kim i know your family has been involved in the military so thank you for your service and and please tell us your story well thanks for having me jim i'm really excited to be here love your show thank you so this story goes back to 1991 my husband and i were living in California. He was stationed in the Marine Corps and was stationed um, at a helicopter squadron out there. And he had um, made friends with another guy in his squadron who um, was a little bit younger than us. I'd say we were around 25. He was around 20. Um, And a lot of times, Marines will take take 
you know, younger Marines kind of under their wing. Sure. And that was a great year. And, and this guy's name was Jeff. And he would spend a lot of time with us and our daughter. And um, they did a lot of things together. And we all became very close. We're close friends. And uh thing about Jeff, he, Marines are a very proud bunch. And he was especially so. He's very vocal about his love for the Marine Corps. And he would, he would actually like go to fisticuffs if he were out in town and someone was bad-mouthing the Marine Corps. That was how, how much he was uh, just proud to be a Marine. That's great. So, so we're all very close and we would, you know, sit up late at night, you know, sometimes partying and we'd have parties at our house. And one night we were sitting up late and we were listening to our Led Zeppelin, you know, vinyl and Back then, you would call and request you want to hear on the radio and stuff like that. So we're sitting up, we're just talking about all things life that you talk about when you're that age. And the subject of the great beyond came up. And we were talking about reincarnation and uh, spirits and all that. And we just kind of made this little pact that if anything would ever happen to one of us, that we would get a message back to the other two. And we made an agreement that it could not be subtle. It couldn't be a feather flying by or, or a cardinal in the yard. It had to be something really tangible and there could be no doubt. And, you know, it was just one of these conversations that you have when you're that age. And, and we went on with life. And um, probably, I was trying to think how much time had passed, maybe weeks, maybe months so jump to October of 1991, and both my husband and Jeff were supposed to be going on um, a deployment. Uh, they were taking two aircraft. They were crew chiefs on the aircraft, and they're taking two aircraft. So one of them would be the crew chief on one, one on the other. So they would have been flying right next to each other. Long story short, on that very day, my husband did something really uncharacteristic and went dirt bike riding with this other friend of his, and he wiped out and injured his foot and the flight surgeon said you can't go so another guy was put in his place so you know we're i'm nursing his foot back to health and we go to bed that night and um, late at night we get a phone call that there's been a helicopter crash and of course i just go back even just thinking about that but of course you know you kind of go into this mode where you're like oh my god was it him and we didn't, knew nothing until the next day. It was, um, you know, they have to go get the wreckage and, you know, they don't know what, what necessarily has happened. But word came back the next day that it was the aircraft that Jeff was on. So in a way, there's a blessing that my husband wasn't on that other aircraft that witnessed this whole thing. But sure. long story short. So it was a very difficult time for us. Um, I... I didn't sleep for like three days. My husband only slept for three days. It was, it was just really hard at that age. It was the first time I'd ever lost anybody, you know, really a, a contemporary. You know, I lost my grandparents, but never someone my own age. And it was really, really hard for him. So that was October. And then comes um, December and our squadron Christmas party. And this crash hit the squadron really hard. Um, they hadn't had even a mishap in very many years, and they track all that very carefully and take a lot of pride in that. So it hit the squadron really hard. They lost four men in that crash. Um, it was devastating. So anyway, we go to the the um, squadron Christmas party, and there's there's kind of a a little bit of a 
heavy cloud over it, but everybody's trying the best, you know, we can because it's for the kids and uh, we fly a Santa Claus in on a helicopter and all that kind of stuff. And so we, we were making the best of it, but it was very hard. And we left the party and we came home and you go up into our apartment. Uh, it was on the second story. When you walk through the door to the left was our dining room and to the right was our living room. And then there's a long hall that goes to the bedrooms. The Christmas tree was to the left in the dining room. We had kind of moved the table out and we had this big Christmas tree. And when we walked in immediately, we noticed the tree has fallen. And we were like, well, that's really weird. You know, why would our tree just fall? I'd never, I'd never had a Christmas tree fall. Neither had he, but you know, I guess things happen. So we didn't think much of it. And we just picked up all the ornaments, put them all back on the tree and um, proceeded to go and get our daughter ready for bed. Well, to go down the hallway, so you walk maybe 15 feet down the hallway. This is all carpet. So all the ornaments fell pretty close to the tree, and they were all right there in a confined space. We picked them up, put them on the tree. So the whole hallway is about probably 15 feet, maybe a little more, and it's all carpet. And you can go to the left to my daughter's room or to the right to our room. If you go to our room, then you take about three more, maybe four more steps into the room, and then you make a left and you're looking into the room, but you still have to take several steps like to get to where the bed is. And again, it's all carpet. So we put our daughter to bed and, you know, we're just talking about the events of the night and we walk to our room and we turn on the light and there at the foot of our bed, sitting on the floor, perfectly upright is one Christmas ornament, a white satin ball with the Marine Corps emblem on it. And sitting perfectly upright. And the only ornament of its kind on our tree, by the way, um, it was a gift from my husband's mother, and I still have the ornament today. So there it was. And we, we both just kind of stood there like, how, how could this ornament have traveled on carpet all the way down a 15-foot hallway, made a right turn, made a left turn, and, and landed right wow. here? Wow. Nobody else had access to our apartment. We, we had no family in California. We never gave our key to anybody, maybe Jeff, uh, but, but he's no longer with us. And we both just looked at each other and we're like, oh my God. I mean, that's anything but subtle. Um, and, and, you know, for many years, we didn't really talk about it. Um, we just kind of kept it to ourselves because we're like, who would believe this? And it's really only um, my daughter, you know, as she's grown up, I would tell her the story. She knows the story. She remembers him. She's 30 now. And, um, you know, I've told her and she knows about it. And uh, so she was like, Mom, you got to tell that story. <laughs> um, so I've probably told that story to maybe a handful of people in my entire life. And I wanted to share it here because I thought it was a, a pretty cool story. Well, it is a very cool story and thank you so much for sharing it and uh yeah i i believe that our loved ones will communicate to us in very specific very unique ways that will touch us in some way i think they're really good about that and i think that's uh, a perfect example where that's exactly what was done absolutely and i think if there were one thing that he could have picked to say it's me it, it would have been something with the Marine Corps emblem on it just because he was so proud and, and always 
talking about it. And um, so, I mean, when I look back on that, it was many years ago. When I look back on that, I, at the time, you know, I, I guess I, I just wasn't really sure, you know, I, I just would always try to come up with some logical explanation. But now that I look back, I find it comforting and, and a very beautiful gesture from beyond if that's what it is um yeah it's pretty cool i've had i've had some other experiences but i would say that that's definitely the most profound um and definitely the most like wow there there can't be a whole lot of doubt there you know yeah i think there's one explanation he put it there (laughs) yeah kim thank you so much for your family's service and thank you for being on the campfire tonight thank you Jim Harold's Campfire is brought to you by Best Fiends. It is my game of choice these days. You know, we all need a break every now and then. And that's why I love the puzzle game Best Fiends. It's an oasis of fun. Now, you can play with others or grab some me time. And either way, Best Fiends is a fun escape from the everyday. And I, I'm absolutely loving it as I play more I develop little strategies to solve these puzzles, and it really is a a great, great game. It's unique and exciting, and it's a puzzle experience unlike any other puzzle game out there. And they regularly update the game monthly with new levels or events, so it never gets old. It is just a fantastic game. You collect tons of characters. I introduced my wife through this ad, and, and she started playing it, and she's like, wow. I love this game, and I do too, and I know that you'll like it. Best Fiends has thousands of levels already with new levels, events, and characters added every month. It's hours of fun right at your fingertips, and you can even play offline. With over 100 million downloads and tons of five-star reviews, Best Fiends is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Thanks, Best Fiends. You're listening to Jim Harold's Campfire. Next up on the campfire is Kelly from Los Angeles. She has a couple of stories. The first about a Ouija board and the second about a head scratcher. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us and tell us what happened. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, So yeah, I'll start with my Ouija Ouija board story. Um, It goes back to... Oh, gosh, about 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago, I was 13. You know, 13-year-olds make a lot of stupid decisions. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it was Halloween. And my friends and I thought, you know what? What better thing to do than, hey, let's play with the Ouija board. We've always been kind of into the spooky side of stuff. And uh, I don't know. It seemed like a good idea, like a fun thing to do. Um, Yeah, little did we know. (laughs) Uh, so we all went over to one of our friend's house, um, the whole way there, she's telling us stories about how her house was haunted. Her brothers had all these things there. Just, we thought it was all just fooey. Like she was just trying to scare us and get us in the mood. Um, so we started playing with the board. Nothing was really happening at first. It was kind of just your standard Ouija board things, I guess, if there is a standard. Um, and then we just tried to provoke it, I guess, a little bit. Just try to see, um, asking a question to prove if whatever we were talking to 
was real and like wasn't just one of our friends again playing jokes on each other um so one thing we do like we put we're in um the guest bedroom so there wasn't really much in the room uh there's these big sliding glass doors hiding the closet a bed that we're all sitting on and then there's the night table had um a little electric clock so we decided let's put the electric clock into the closet so no one in our group can see what time it is um again like i said 10 years ago we were 13 None of us really had good phones, so none of us are going to be pulling out our phones, checking the time, like, on the sly. Right. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, our thing is, like, okay, what, what time is it? Can you tell us the time? Um, and it told us it was on the dot exact. It was probably something like 11, 11 o'clock, some one random time. And we're like, okay, yeah, that, that freaked us out a little bit. Um, like no one could see what time it was. That's a little bit of a sign, but we wanted more, of course. So the next is like, okay, can you start making noises for us? Um, and we just started hearing bangs throughout the house. Um, and we were home alone. It was just our group of girls. We were all in the room. Um, our friend's parents weren't home. Her brother wasn't home. There's no one around the house to be making these noises, these bumps and, Again, it wasn't anything too bad. So, of course, <laughs> we wanted more. Um, so, our next question is, okay, if we're actually talking to something, touch someone in this room. Just give us a little touch. Let us know you're here. We just really want to know we're talking to something, someone. So, as soon as my friend said that, we heard another loud bang in the hallway. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it gives me kind of chills. It still freaks me out a little bit. Um, and then I felt something just brush across my throat, like just right across my neck. Yikes. Oh, man. Um, oh, 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 no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I mean, I have long hair, but it was up. Like, it wasn't hair. No one was touching me. And that's when I was like, okay, I, I, I think I'm done with this. I don't like this. Let's just go back. Like, let's go back to trick or treating. Let's do something not scary anymore. So we closed it out. We stopped and went and trick-or-treated more, went home eventually. Um, so I tried to just kind of shake it off and think more of it that night. The next morning, though, I woke up and I was so sick. Like, my, I couldn't swallow. I couldn't eat. My throat was just painfully swollen and was swollen almost shut. Oh, man. A week and a half later. Yeah, and I was the only one who got sick. And there was nothing to explain it. Um, the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. They eventually said it was just a sinus infection that only affected my throat. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was swollen shut almost. It um, was based right where I was touched, too. And that was <laughs> the freaky part. But... Every year after that, for until I was a sophomore in college, when I was 19, um, around the same time of year, I'd get a throat sickness. I, my throat would swell up consistently, always right around Halloween. And, I mean, there's nothing else I can think of other than that experience of the Ouija board that would cause that. I mean, I don't know who else gets consistent sinus infections in the same week of the same year, every year for six years in a row. So it was just, it was weird. 
That's strange that you would get it each and every year. That's particularly strange. Yeah. And I'm assuming... Yeah, so I'm, up, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying that that part was like what really, it just, it stuck with me. It wasn't just like it happened that one year that I got touched, right. but it became a reoccurring thing that that kind of still freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, I can totally understand that. And I'm assuming no further attraction to the Ouija board on your part. No, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> I, I I understand. Well, uh, I know you have another story, and you know how much I love head scratchers. And you say you have a head scratcher for us. Yeah, so again, another just like weird thing. Um, so when I was... Um, I was 16. Um, my, one of my really close friends, um, actually passed away. Um, and I mean, we were best friends. Like I had a lot of her stuff. She had a lot of my stuff. It was just, it it was really hard, especially when you're 16. Like that's the first touch with death. That's hard. So I, like I said, I had a lot of her stuff. I kept a lot of her shirts it just meant a lot to me to have a piece of her with me. And there was one shirt that was just really, it meant a lot to her too. It was a shirt that her dad got her. We, we were in the marching band and it was from a big band competition. Her dad took her to, and so it had a lot of significant meaning to her, which then made it important to me. Um, and I, I never wore it. I always kept it folded at the bottom of my drawer um, in my dresser, I would see it every day when I take out my clothes and get ready for school. Um, and then come her, the one year anniversary of her death, I wanted to wear it. Like I wanted to feel something significant with her. I opened my drawer and I, it, it's gone. It was not there. And like I said, it's something I thought every single day as I would get my other clothes for school so I didn't move it. No one in my family came in and moved it. Like, they, they wouldn't do that. It just disappeared. Um, and, I mean, I've still, I've never seen that shirt since the day, since, since well, before the day of her anniversary. And it's just, yeah, it's going to just magically, well, I don't think so magically, but it just disappeared, never to be found again. And I, I don't know when the stories will uh, be on, but we had a story earlier uh, in the show about a Marine who had left a sign uh, to some friends. And it reminded me a lot of this story. I, I do think, and I said this on the other call, I think that our loved ones, whether it be friends or family, they will communicate, they seem to communicate to us in ways that are specifically meaningful to us that we individually will understand it's it's not this generalized thing it's something specific to us to our relationship in the case of the marine it was something specifically to do with the marines and this this was a shared experience with this shirt and with the uh, with the marching band and so forth they really seem to have the ability to hone in on something where you will recognize that they are trying to get a message to you Absolutely. And I mean, I had kind of always just like felt her spirit around and I felt like she was still very present. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that was a sign from her just to 
show that she was there. Well, I got to tell you, both great stories, great stories. One scary, spooky, and the other one sad, but very heartwarming and reassuring that our loved ones live on. And they're still with us. They may not be with us physically. And I think it kind of represents what we talk about on the campfire here. We have some of those scary, spooky stories, but then we have some very heartwarming, poignant ones. Kelly, thanks for showing us both sides of the coin tonight on the campfire. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Shanae is on the line from California. And wow, sounds like she saw something very, very strange indeed. She's been listening for three months. She found it in a professional group online. I thought I thought that was one of the first times I've heard that way of finding the show. So uh, spe- spread it amongst all your professional groups and let people know about the campfire if they're looking for a good podcast. Shanae, welcome to the show. And tell us what happened. Thank you. Um, Well, like you said, I've been listening for three months and I haven't really heard a lot of stories like mine. And um, I haven't really told a lot of people because it's a little crazy. And some people that have heard it are like, yeah, whatever. But anyways, about 10 years ago, I was 18, 19. And uh, I was talking to this guy that was really religious. And I didn't grow up in church or anything. Um, So he invited me to it was kind of like Wednesday night church, but it was at somebody's house. Um, there was a pastor that was once local, but they travel around the world now. So whenever they stop in Bakersfield, they just host this thing at somebody's house. So there's probably about 25 people in there. And um, the hour goes by, it's normal. And then at the very end, the guy was asking, oh, does anyone need me to pray for them? So he's kind of going around the room doing different prayer requests. And, um, this, uh, this guy goes, I want you to pray for my wife who is sitting right next to him. So the guy just kind of gives a generic prayer and moves on. Well, then the wife raises her hand a couple minutes later and she's like, I really need you to pray for me. He goes, well, what exactly do you want me to pray for? And she was like, well, I just see bad things. She wouldn't really elaborate. So He's like, okay. So he goes out to her and he goes, say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. But when she goes to say it, she starts stuttering. Hmm. And at this, you know, I'm kind of like in my own little world. But when she starts stuttering, it kind of caught my attention. And I look up and I'm watching now. And he repeats it. Say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And again, she stutters. So he's like, okay. So he has her stand up. And, um. He repeats it again, say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And this time, I kid you not, like this voice came out of this lady that there is no way it was faked. Because that's what everyone tells me. Oh, there's actors, they fake it. I was like, no, you had to have been there. And I don't know what kind of language it was. And she just starts profusely sweating and she's making all these noises. And the pastor tells the husband, like, get behind her because she's trying to pull away from the pastor and as she's backing up it where I'm sitting the husband it ends up where his legs are on my knees his wife is in front of him the pastor is in front of her and after all this commotion she just ends up passing out and and the husband is crying and the the pastor is asking the husband like has she been messing with a Ouija board has she been doing something that she's not supposed to 
And at this point, I'm crying. Like, everyone around me is praying. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And um, when she ends up coming to, she starts crying. And then it was just over from there. And then on the way home, the guy told me, don't be vulnerable. And I was like, oh, my God, don't even say that. And I slept with the light on for two weeks. And my parents thought I was crazy. Well, that is spooky. You know, I when I was in high school a million years ago, I had gone to more of a fundamentalist church for a while because the school was associated with it. And mm-hmm. they would have people, and this was kind of conservative uh, Christians, that the, the, uh, almost fundamentalist type Christians. And they would have people who would speak in tongues. But my understanding of it, and again, this is, uh, I'm not a scholar in all of this, but my understanding was that was the, uh, you know, supposedly the, the Holy Spirit speaking through them in tongues. And they, they would speak in these weird things. But what you're describing is more like this person was in distress, like they were trying to resist uh, this uh, call, uh, 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 this call from the pastor, correct? Almost like they were resisting yeah. it and did not want to be a part of it. Is that right? Yes. And it was like, it was just like a movie, like what you see in the movie, how, you know, it's just like a deep, demonic voice that there was just no way a woman could make or or a man like there's no way they could have made that voice themselves and I mean it just gives me chills thinking about it because it's I mean 10 years ago and I could still just like it's like I'm sitting there still (laughs) in the moment again yeah it's one of those things to be honest with you is that I personally believe that people can be possessed I think it is possible. I mean, look at the Vatican. They, they Exorcism is a right. I mean, they have people who are dedicated to exorcism. I think it's a real thing. I don't necessarily think it's every time people think that that's the case, but I do think it happens. And it's interesting to talk to someone who sounds like you you saw it up close, close and personal. And I'll tell you, I would be, I've never seen anything like that. I would be terrified. Yes, it was definitely the most terrifying experience I've ever had. Yeah, I'm always one to say I believe there's good. Now, some people say, oh, there's no such thing as evil. But I believe there's good and I believe there's evil. And I think it, I do think it's out there. But uh, I think by telling these stories, maybe we hopefully keep a little bit at bay so people know that it is out there. Shanae, thank you so much for joining us today on the campfire. I appreciate it. Thank you. Becky is on the line from Pennsylvania. She's been on the show before. We're so glad to have her. And we're going to talk. Uh, the first story is about a strange dream and, and some strangeness that ensued. Becky, welcome back to the show. And please do tell us what happened. Okay. Thanks for having me, Jim. Um, well, I was taking a nap one day. Um, and I was taking a nap in our spare bedroom. And I had this dream that. Um, I was being tickled and someone was tickling me under the covers. And when I reached under the covers, I grabbed onto an arm. And when I pulled it kind of like from under the covers, it was a little baby's arm. Oh my. Yeah, it was creepy. Um, But then the dream shifted to where I was looking at the door of the bedroom. So it was the same bedroom, same door. And standing in front of the door was a little girl. And the little girl was about, let's say about eight years old. And she had on a white dress and she had a veil over her face. And for some reason that made me angry. And I said, you know, 
take that veil off your face. And she just stood there. And I said, if you don't take that veil off your face, I'm going to tell your father. And then the dream ended, you know, and I woke up from my nap, just kind of thought, you know, that was a really creepy dream. You know, nothing, you know, I didn't think about it anymore until about a week later. My husband is a big, scary movie fan. And the series, um, oh my gosh, I forget what it is. The, uh, oh, Paranormal Activity movies. Uh, sure. And the, I think it was the third um, sequel was out and he wanted to look at it. So we were looking at it on TV and this was about a week later. There was exactly this little girl in this one movie standing there with a white dress on and a veil in the movie. And I just, it gave me goosebumps to think that I just dreamt that the week before. So really creepy. That uh, is, that is a bit creepy indeed. Yeah. It, it, it creeped me out, but, um, kind of don't like to think about it because I still live in the same house that I was taking the nap in. So I don't sleep in that room anymore. <laughs> I don't blame you. Now, I know you had another story, too, about a cloud formation, and it actually reminded me of a story we had many years ago on the campfire. Tell us about that one. Um, yeah, so I this happened, I actually still have, I have it on my phone, and I was going to upload it, but I didn't know how. But um, there's a park near me where I walk, and um, one rotation is a mile. So I was walking, beautiful, beautiful day, blue sky, sunny, and I looked up, and it, this cloud looked like an angel. It really looked like the body of, it was human shape, and it had a wing, and I took a picture, and I'm like, that's really interesting. So I did my full mile around, and I I looked up in the sky thinking it wouldn't be there and it really wasn't, but what was left was the wing part of that cloud. And I took a picture of that. So it was just weird that, that it didn't all dissipate, that only the wing was left. So I, it really gave me a good feeling. Yeah, that, that is interesting. One time uh, we had somebody on the campfire and this had to be, 2009 2010 somewhere in there and they actually talked about seeing a castle in the sky and they wow. said it was so detailed that you could actually see the mortar uh the lines you know where the bricks join up against yeah. each other and there's like mortar in between it was that defined and the links it had like a a, a a moat bridge and you could see the links in the chain it was that uh, wow. that detailed and i've heard other tales of that uh, we had an, uh, someone who saw i think an eagle somewhere over new mexico so i'm always fascinated by those cloud stories and seeing those detailed yeah. clouds fascinating stuff yeah it was interesting it was, it was really interesting well, uh, again, Becky, as with your last story, there's there's many uh, things in the world we don't understand, but I, I, one thing I'm sure of, they do exist and they are out there. What the explanations are, I, I don't always know, but uh, it's great to share the stories. And thank you for sharing these stories with us tonight on the campfire. Thank you, Jim. Take care. Amanda is on the line from Tennessee, and we're so glad to have her. And she has a poignant story for us. She says it's a head-scratcher, and we appreciate her taking time to be on the show. Amanda, welcome to the show, and please tell us what happened. Thank 
you so much for having me, Jim. I truly appreciate it. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. It, it's it's a head scratcher or what might be called as um, communication from beyond. Um, so what happened is my dad passed away suddenly in June of 2017. I'm um, sorry. He's only 57. Yeah, thank you. Um, oh. it, completely caught us um off guard um he had just like a few months earlier received like a, a clean bill of health um so we, it's just not something that was on our mind um that could happen so suddenly um he had a massive um heart attack oh, um, induced by heat stroke um so definitely definitely take the heat um very seriously um but it, it hit our family like a shockwave. Um, a few months after his passing, um, I, I, after the initial grief, um, I, I kind of hit another period where I was just really raw, um, really missing him, begging the universe for a couple weeks for any kind of sign and that he was okay. Um, and we, we had had several talks um, throughout the years um, before his passing, you know, about the other side and, and knew, you know, where each of us stood. And um, we were all pretty open-minded about the possibility that people could communicate um, from beyond. Uh, so I was kind of just really hoping that there was some truth to that and he would um, communicate with me. Uh, so I had a dream um, one night and Initially, after waking up from the dream, I just kind of thought that it was odd. Um, but what happened a few hours after the dream kind of sealed the deal that it, it was definitely him trying to reach out. So in the dream, I was with a longtime friend um, that my dad also knew in life. And we were sitting on the floor of a living room in an unfamiliar home. Um, it wasn't either one of us homes. Like, I've never been um, to this place. Um, and my dad walks in the front door and greets both of us and he's holding a coal miner's hat and we both kind of are joking around like why are you holding a coal miner's hat and he hands us a sharpie and hands us the hat and he's like I need you to sign this for me and we're, we're both joking with him like why are we signing a coal miner's hat and so we, we both do it just kind of jokingly um, hand it back to him and he proceeds to walk out the back door of the place that we're in. And while he's walking away, he's just smiling and jokingly. He's like, um, I got this, um, taking it to some coal miners who are trapped. And both my friend and I looked at each other like, well, if they're trapped, like, how are you going to take care of it? And he's like, don't worry, I got it. So I wake up from the dream. I'm kind of trying to like, okay, well, that's a, a strange dream. Um, you know, he wasn't a coal miner or anything like that. Right. Um, but then I, as I'm leaving work that evening, I get into my car and I turn on the car and right from the very beginning, a certain song starts to play, um, right from the start of the song. And the song was big bad John. Oh yeah. Jimmy Dean. I know that song. Well, yes. And what I never really paid attention to it before, like what the message of the song was, but it was the fact that a coal miner sacrificed himself um, for to save his other coal miners. Yeah. And what really made me believe that it was a sign for my dad was that my dad's name was John. Oh, wow. Ooh, goosebumps. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, I have goosebumps right now telling it. And everybody, all my family members, every time I tell them, you can just see their whole body go into chills. 
um, mm. because they, they know that he would have communicated if he was able to as well. I grew up with that song. Our family, we were big fans. Yeah. My family was from West Virginia, so I grew up with classic country music. So that uh, yeah. I know that song exactly. My uncle was named John, too, and he was a big guy. He was 6'2", big guy. So we always oh, wow. thought of him as like Big Bad John, too. So, yeah, uh, wild. Love it. Love yeah. that story. And I gotta, yeah, so. I gotta believe that that gave you comfort. It did. I I laughed and cried all the way home. Um, I thought it was a very unusual way to give me a sign. Um, there were other ways that I thought would be more obvious, but it it truly felt like it, it was a sign, and it it did give me comfort. Um, and it it made my mom laugh and cry when I told her about it too. So it was much needed. Um, and, that's great. Definitely made me believe that there is some possibility to communicate afterwards, for sure. That is a fantastic story. Well, I thank you so much for telling. I mean, that it's one of those things, Amanda, that really, it speaks to you. It's something that uh, is meaningful to you. And with that dream, I, I really do believe it was your dad. Thank you so much for joining us on the campfire today and telling us that tremendous story. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I've been a long-time listener, so thank you. Thank you. Next up on the campfire is Teresa, and she has an interesting series of stories. She has a unique job. She's a tattoo artist, and in the course of doing her job, she's seen a lot of eerie things. Teresa, welcome to the show, and tell us what happened. Um, I've been working at um, the current tattoo shop I'm at for almost five years. Um, I started seeing shadows on the corner of my eye, um, like somebody walking from the back to the front of the shop. And, um, you know, I, I just thought it was myself seeing it. And then a few other people started mentioning it. They're like, hey, is somebody else here? And I'm like, no, nobody else is here except for myself. And, um, like, one day my brother, I was tattooing my brother, and he was like, is there like shadows in here? Is there like ghosts? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure I seen somebody and I was like, Oh yeah, there definitely is shadows. <laughs> huh. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and there's been multiple times that I've been, um, working and I heard the back door like open up and, um, like while I was working on a client and it was just myself being there again and absolutely nobody came in and it was just a door creaking open and that's happened quite often, honestly. And, um, also a lot of times, um, a lot of times the other clients hear it too. And they've mentioned it, like hearing the creaking, hearing the, um, the other thing is going on. Right. Um, and this one evening, this was, this was what creeped me out the most. So I'm sitting there waiting for my husband and I look up and there's this man looking through the window Ooh. and like this part. Yeah. This person has like hollow eyes and they're like wearing one of those, um, those Russian fur hats. I'm not sure what they're called. I know exactly what you're talking about. My uncle used to wear those. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I was like, okay, there's some random dude looking at me. So, um, so I'm like looking at him and his face kind of like fades back and he disappears. And I'm like, okay, that was weird. So I get up, look out the window and there's snow on the ground at the time. And there's absolutely no footprints at all on the ground. And I'm like, this is a ghost. Like I seen a ghost. Oh man. <laughs> it was so cool. Oh man. That's so you did at first your reaction was this is a real person. And then your reaction was 
no footprints must have been a, some kind of entity or spirit or something. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've always been into paranormal, and I definitely believe it's some sort of, like, entity or, like, some sort of ghost or something. Now, let me ask you, so cool. do you, do you think it's something attached to the building? Do you know the history of the building that you work in? Um, I think it might be attached to the building. I'm not sure really the history of it because, um, I know the town was founded in like the 1700s. So, um, I also know it used to be a bar back in the day and I'm not sure how long ago it used to be a bar. Yeah. I would think bars would be so. pretty haunted places because you got to me, the, the places from what I've heard. And again, I'm not an expert. I just know what the experts tell me. And it seems like places that have great emotion, whether you're talking about hospitals, asylums, prisons, hotels, bars, people where theaters, if I didn't mention that places where there's a lot of emotion, well, you could think of bars, there's a lot of emotion in a bar, you've got, uh, you know, you've got happiness because people are like celebrating or whatever then you've got sadness because you know sometimes people turn to a bar when they're uh, they're down um and everything in between you know you've got uh, all kinds of stuff going on in bars so it would seem like to me to be a rich place for hauntings uh, a building that was formerly a bar oh definitely well and, um, go ahead and most, sorry, most recently, um, I was driving by the shop because um, I used to go pick up supplies. And I seen a man walking on the side of the, the um, building. And I was like, all right. And I got to the side of the building and there was absolutely nobody there. Huh. Like there's nowhere he could have went at That's all. That's weird. <laughs> now, do people, just out of curiosity, aside from your stories, do people request a lot of parent? I don't have any tattoos. I'm I'm old and boring, but uh, <laughs> but but do people request a lot of paranormally themed tattoos these days? Every once in a while, like I have this friend that um, really is into like Sasquatches and stuff, and right. he gets all the like paranormal tattoos and alien tattoos and ghost tattoos. <laughs> I was thinking if I ever cool. get, if I ever get a tattoo, it would be of like a microphone or something. But anyway, maybe someday. Yeah, maybe that's, someday. That's a cool idea. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Teresa, <laughs> <always> <laughs> Teresa, thank you so much for joining us and telling your stories on the campfire. Thank you. Did you ever feel as though there's something you should keep telling people about, but you keep forgetting to do it? Well, that's me, and that's my Paranormal Plus Club. I keep forgetting to tell you about, but there's so much there. Now, a lot of you will email me and say, hey, I get the free shows on the podcast app, uh, but where do I get all the other shows you're talking about you've been doing since 2005? And the answer is, and I don't tell you enough, my Paranormal Plus Club at jimheraldplus.com, and you can get your first month over there for only a buck if you use the promo codes we have for your usage. Now, here's the thing. Last week, we just released Campfire episode 439. I know a lot of you love that show, but 426 of those episodes going back to 09, they're not on the free feed. You get those at the Plus Club. The Paranormal Podcast. Sure, we always have the most recent free shows, 13 at any given time that you can listen to, and that doesn't change. But right now, we have something like 600 plus episodes 
that are no longer available on the free feed and you haven't caught those going all the way back to 05, those are on the Plus Club. Then we've got 178 episodes of a crime scene show that we did for many years. But in addition to that, get this, we have hundreds and hundreds of shows that have never been on the free feeds. Ghost Insight, 136 episodes, plus only. UFO Encounters, 152 episodes, plus only. The Other Side, 249 episodes, plus only. Conspiracy Corner, 123 episodes, plus only. Ancient Mysteries on the Air, 63 episodes, plus only. And The Cryptid Report, 43 episodes, plus only. And it's true, you may not even know of any of these shows, and they're out there ready to listen to but you have to be a part of the club. I actually counted it up and I came up with something like 1,980 plus episodes that you can't get on my free feeds. And we probably have the best deal ever. You could get your first month for only a buck if you use one of those money-saving promo codes you'll find at that link over at jimheraldplus.com or for only $50. $50 for your first entire year using the yearly promo code That's actually $29.50 off the normal yearly price. So go over to jimheraldplus.com, click on the banner with my smiling face and get all the deets. And once you're in, you can listen on the Spooky Studio app on your device and also at the jimheraldplus.com website. Plus members almost universally say, Jim, I wish I would have done this sooner. So check it out. And believe me, it's a huge reason that we can do what we do full time. So thank you so much, Plus members that are out there. And I hope that the rest of you will give it a try. A buck for your first month? Well, you can't even buy a soda or a bottle of pop, as we say in Ohio, for that. Check it out. It's my Paranormal Plus Club at jimheraldplus.com. Thanks. You're listening to Jim Harold's Campfire. Now, back to another great story. Emmanuel is on the line from up north, Ontario, Canada. We're so glad to hear from our Canadian friends. And Emmanuel has a story about the most terrifying week of his life. Emmanuel, welcome to the program and tell us what happened. Thanks for having me on here. So this was back in the summer of 2016. And it's a story about the worst week, most frightened I've ever been in my entire life. So it started off with a really weird dream. I usually don't dream. And if I do, they're just things off the top of my head. And uh, so in this dream, it showed just a tunnel and I was running from something that I couldn't see, but I I knew I was scared. So waking up, I didn't get much sleep. Waking up in the morning, everything Felt normal, felt fine. The following night, trying to fall asleep, though, my name, all of a sudden, my name was being screamed. Now, I didn't know where I had earbuds in with music, and I didn't know exactly where it was coming from. So, looking to my left, I see a a shadow figure that did look like an older lady. And she was just screaming, and this was a distance of about a foot away from my face. So instant, instant reaction, get the cover on top and sure. scare myself to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And then the next, the next day, it was my brother's birthday. So we have plans. We all want to go to a restaurant. I had to go to the washroom. Now I hear my name being screamed again. I think it sounds like my brother's voice. So I'm just like, hey, knock it off. And 
It's just repeatedly my name over and over again until I start checking the stalls. I hear it in, there's four stalls, so I hear it in the far left. And I go down every single stall until my name is being stopped. I don't hear my name anymore. I go out and my brother is sat down with my family eating and he has not gotten up. So again, something completely just shocked. Uh, then the next night, going to sleep again, I notice some, some figure in the corner. I get up, go turn on the lights. Nothing's there. I turn them off to go back into my bed and the shadow is in the other corner. Now this shadow was very tall head, you know, crouched against the ceiling, very long arms down the side. Did not know it pops up in the right corner. So I immediately turn the lights back on, figure out there's nothing in the room, turn them off and it's in the corner to the left of me. Now there's only one corner left, which is the one right by the light that I am. So Jim, I left the lights open and I slept like that. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Wow. Yep. And the following again, following another night, I walk out just to go to the washroom and a small, now I can't tell it looked like a small girl, but it was more, again, I couldn't really see anything, just blank eyes, kind of a construct of a face. And she comes out of my sister's room, but the door is locked. So I'm wondering that the door wasn't open. This girl's just walking out. I don't know exactly what I'm seeing. And she's telling me to come downstairs because there's knives by the kitchen. Huh. And I re- yeah. And I, and I asked and I repeatedly asked until I, I just said no. And she, it, it looked like a bolt just down the stairs instantly out of sight. In oh, a blink how of an strange. Eye. Wow. Yeah. Just great. Just completely. I have no explanation for it. And again, I'm walking. So this is the next day and I'm walking out with friends and the city lights, you know how they have city lights all over the streets. Sure. And the one farthest away starts to flash and each one comes closer to where we're walking but i see a shadow figure some some short sort of floating shadow black matter if you would call it and i ask my friends they do see the lights flashing and think it's weird but none of them see the shadow figure and it's approaching and getting closer and i'm just getting terrified they're telling me to calm down i don't know how to react do I run? Do I? And it just stops a couple meters at the light in front and disappears. Nothing. Now, it, was it just basically this week then? All this uh, thing, this happened about four years ago, as I understand. So yep. was it just this one week and then no more activity? Oh, I've had, I've had activity happen, some small stuff here and there, things being misplaced, again, hearing my name. But this week was more of a visual experience. I've, I saw the shadows. I've seen the old lady and just completely th- threw me off as in why, why is this happening to me now? And if this is this going to be happening the rest of my life? Do, do you have any theories on what happened? No, 
no idea. Wow. Wow. What a, what yeah, a story. No. Very. And I was, yeah. And I was so scared at first. And then I tried to figure things out and tried to make an up understanding of it, explanation of it. And just because I wasn't, I'm, I wasn't a huge believer in it at first, you know, people would tell me these stories and there's always an explanation that came to my mind. But with this one, after experiencing something that just isn't explainable at all, I certainly believe in that, in that now. There has to be something more than that. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And it, it's just, uh, you know, that's frightening when those things happen and there's no explanation. Maybe somebody out there has had a similar instance, Emmanuel, and maybe they'll come on the show and, and tell us about it. Well, uh, what it is, we don't know, but certainly there is a mysterious side of life. And thank you so much for joining us on the campfire to share your experiences. No problem. Thanks for having me, Jim. Well, there it was, another campfire. I hope you enjoyed it, and it provided a little bit of diversion during these tough times. If you have any friends out there maybe looking to get into podcasts uh, during this situation, maybe they have some spare time and want to divert their attention a little bit, appreciate it if you let them know about the show. But most importantly, I hope you're doing well, and I hope your family and your friends are doing well. It's a tough time. We all got to stick together. We all got to do our part. And again, if you have questions about coronavirus, I would go right to the experts. CDC.gov slash COVID-19. That's CDC.gov slash COVID-19. I hope you stay safe and your friends and family as well. Please be careful out there. Flatten the curve. Stay home if you can. It's so important. Major salute to all of our essential personnel, everything from first responders to truck drivers to grocery store workers, medical personnel indeed. These are the heroes of today, and we salute you. Thank you so much for tuning into the campfire, and rest assured, we fully plan to be back with another campfire next week. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Stay safe, take care, stay in touch, and of course, Stay spooky. Bye-bye, everybody. You've been listening to Jim Harold's Campfire. Tune in again next time for more stories of ordinary people who have experienced extraordinary things.